Hi! You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a man that I'm always joined by. What? With? Who? It's Bob Castrone. Hey, Bubby. Hey, Dan. How are you? I That's a rough start here. I almost forgot your name there for a second, too, with that big sweeping intro. It just threw me off. I mean, I wouldn't call it big and sweeping uh, so much as it was clunky and disorienting. To the listener. It was, Dan. But you know what? I'm not going to waste any time on that. I need to get some uh, late-breaking news out there. Okay. Do you have like a sound drop you can do? I mean, if you would have given me a heads up before the show. No, nope, it's it. late-breaking. You can't give heads up when something is late-breaking. All right, late give me breaking. one second. Nope. You got the vamp now for one second. I don't want a vamp. I want to just give you the breaking news. Here it comes, huh? Breaking news. Sound <laughs> effect. Okay. And now you can go. Chris Kattan and friends performing stand-up comedy in Indiana. You may remember him from Saturday Night Live, Night at the Roxbury, or Corky Romano. A list of about... Or you may not remember him. A list of about eight dates from August 13th to August 22nd. This was just tweeted at us moments before we got on the air, Dan, from Kirk Fatul, at Kirk Fatul, letting us know Chris Kattan will be in Lafayette, Indiana next month. Chris Kattan not in on the (laughs) COVID-19 revolution? (laughs) Make of it what you may, but I know one thing. If it's possible, we're going to be in Indiana in just a few weeks. Does he do that? Do you think he does? Do you think? <laughs> Breaking news, he definitely does do that. Do you think he does during his act? Hang on. <laughs> no, just keep going. Do you think he does during his act? You guys want some cookies at some point? Every show? Yes. Do you think it's part, it's basically one of his greatest hits? I bet you he pulls it into like the club and it's kind of like, do you guys want some new drinks? Like he'll like do something. And then if he doesn't get the laugh, he goes, remember that. <laughs> so you know what as bad as the world is dan it's nice to know that some things are just forging forward chris Catan is continuing to make people laugh no matter what uh yeah no that is very good news and i hope he, i hope he's safe and i hope anyone going to see chris Catan in a comedy show in the middle of a uh, deadly pandemic is they're safe they're safe it's almost like the vanilla ice show that uh took the world by storm for a couple of days when he was announced that he was going to perform in Texas. Yeah, he had, he had to bail on that. He had to bail on that. Had to bail on it. Probably you were, the right move. And you were in Texas, and now you're not. Connect the dots. I had tickets to that show. Connect the dots. Now you're like, why stick around if Ice Ice Baby is not going to perform? I'm out. Back to Cali. I would have been there solely for the Ninja Rap. <laughs> I did like the Ninja Rap. I like that him and MC Hammer had amazingly bad rap songs to big movie franchises. Ninja right. Turtles and Who was Adam, a bigger sellout and ultimately? Family. Was it MC I you could say it was MC Hammer probably because he actually had some hip hop bona fides in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I think he came up as a respected guy and then kind of just sold out to the machine. Whereas I believe Ice is this the vanilla Ice podcast? Let's do it. Um I believe Ice was a completely manufactured element. Uh let's get a hot young white guy to do 
uh, urban music and see where that takes us. And it, it took him to the top of the charts, Bob. Breaking news. Dan thinks Vanilla Ice is hot. What? You didn't think he was? I thought you were going to give me more breaking news. <laughs> Wait, you think you don't, you don't think Vanilla Ice was attractive? <laughs> breaking news. Two 40-year-old men arguing about the attractiveness of Rob Van Winkle. I, I think he was a good-looking guy. I yeah, think that he, was I, part he, of his hook. Sure. All right. But we're not doing a, a early 90s-themed episode. Today. No, that would be too obvious. I mean, that is basically all we ever do. Essentially, this is just a really poorly formatted top of the show that, again, shows the lack of effort slash preparation that we, we put in. To we're this. not getting any better at this. We're we're in our third year now. How am I going, by the way? How am I doing on my promotion? Am I getting better? Where are you at on that? Well, you know what? I listened to that other podcast of yours today, and you did, in the first five minutes of your show, mention the throwback pod. All right, so perhaps you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Castrone has fucked himself. <laughs> right in the butt. <laughs> you even said my full name. You said banging out a couple of throwback pods with Bob Castrone. It a was very perfectly average penis. Well, you right say... up his butthole. <laughs> you did you also said that, which I'm sure uh, Roger Goodell is gonna have a problem with when he hears that. A neither great nor poor penis. Wait, coming into me. Where is that? Right up your butt. Oh, God. Okay. Bob fucks himself. Coming up at 10. Oh, so it's still my penis. Got it. Yeah, you're fucking yourself. Oh, I forgot that part. Uh, yeah, I, I did mention our show. People, I was it was I was in Texas the last couple of weeks, and it was um, I, one of my colleagues, Mark, asked, why are you here? And one of the reasons is we had to get in the garage. We had to knock out a couple eps. Yeah, you know, we're doing the uh, the remote thing. We did that with Nikki Glazer. If you haven't heard the Wildflowers podcast and Jason Zumwalt, that was a lot of fun. We're doing a new thing for our Patreones, Dan, where we're uh, doing like little mini pods remotely. That's a fun thing. That we, breaking news. We've updated patreon.com slash throwback pod. We have new tiers. We're offering new things, including a monthly mini pod where we'll opine about random things. And this month we kicked it off with a conversation about Pau Fu. Pau Fu. Yeah. Pau Fu, the number one modern rock song currently uh, featuring Biba Badubi. And uh, we listened to it for the first time. <laughs> I think it was Baba Booey. Biba Booey. What? I, and you know what? That was for me a bit, a bit sobering. I wasn't sober much in Texas. <laughs> Cut loose down there. But I will say that uh, as now a 40-year-old man, it was the first time I felt really 40. <laughs> to know that that was a, a, a huge hit in youth culture and to not only not know of it. There was a time maybe five or six years ago, pre-children, where even if I didn't know the song, I, I had heard the artist or I had heard someone talking about it or I'd seen a tweet right. or I had watched something. Uh, or read something online that used to happen. I think this is might be another fallout of COVID. The nineteen hits you where you're basically isolated, and mm. you're no longer having conversations with people at work that are younger than you, or you're not. You're very much in your own hermetically sealed bubble in COVID, and I think that's accelerating the aging process, or at least the out of sync process. Man, there's nothing I'd love more. Then pre-COVID, to go back in time pre-COVID to when you were just hitting up 
the 23 year olds in your office and asking them what the kids are listening to these days. <laughs> what are you whippersnappers listening to these days? <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you got your info on what was cool. This is no Elvis Presley, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <You're> so <laughs> <All right>. old. <laughs> I'm 77 years old. Uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash throwback pod. Join us over there for some more throwback so content. if you if you jump up a tier or you get into the twelve dollar tiers yep month, that gives you a monthly uh mini pod that's pretty good six dollars a month you can vote in the polls we got two dollars we got eighty dollars uh if you're insane like courtney that's, and wyatt that's the insane tier bruno the sponsor and Kleiny oh, jumping back into the guy. top tier he's back in Kleiny also wanted me to say that the west coast eagles are the best team in uh Australian football, Dan. How do you feel about that? Wait, the West Coast Eagles? Yeah, that's their name. <laughs> now you know, folks, the West Coast Eagles are the best, according to the one and only climbing. I, I, I supported the uh, East Coast Seahawks before this, but apparently nope. West Coast Eagles where yep. it's at. All right, fine. That's our favorite team. That's the official. The official team. What team? Is it rugby? Australian no, um, rules football. Yes. Okay. That's our team, the West Coast Eagles. We are West Coast Eagles fans. If you want to, uh, and don't, if anybody wants to send us West Coast Eagles merch, we'll wear it proudly. Yep. I'll take an XL. We'll support. Um, I'll, I'll take an XS. <laughs> really slimming down <laughs> during COVID. Just wearing really tight clothing. Bob and I were sharing uh, tales of woe uh, as, again, men of our um, age. Men of a certain age, as Ray Romano would say. <laughs> Romano had it right the whole time. <laughs> it's very hard. The COVID, the thing about COVID is that it has managed to, it's insidious in, in, uh, in its ability to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. And if, if you're somebody that doesn't have like expert metabolism or you, uh, your diet is sometimes not right, that's um, coming after you for that too. Yeah. Because you're just, even if you work out, you're just kind of still... A hamster on a wheel. You're still stuck in your house, cutting the crust off your kids' peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Stuffing your fat and then face eating the, the crust. Because <laughs> what? You're not going to make yourself a whole lunch. You're just going to eat the crust. Doesn't even taste that good. <laughs> it's not like a half-eaten pizza bite. It's like just throw it out, dude. I know, you pig, pigs. Why is it going down the gullet? Monsters. <laughs> it's like the worst 200 calorie bite I've ever had. <laughs> All right, so. We're going back to the 80s, not the early 90s, not MC Hammer, not Vanilla Ice. Going back to 82, which is actually, you know, before our time, even before we were kind of aware of music. Bob and I are both 1980 babies. Um, however, these a lot of these songs on this Top 10 Countdown, July 1982, are songs that ended up, you know, standing the test of time and you would hear them on every top 40 radio station throughout the eighties. And even now, if you turn on certain stations, if you listen to radio in any form, a lot of these songs are still familiar. So kind of, this would be a fun little trip down memory lane. Yeah. I went back on the, uh, the billboard site, looked at a few countdowns. And when I landed on 82, I was kind of blown away by how many big songs were there. So I thought this would be a fun episode. All right. Before we do the top 10, like we always do, we kind of investigate outside the top 10 and, um, the song that I, I stumbled across a song and I was like, wow, this this sounds familiar. It's almost like uh, that's how you know it's a really good song where you almost feel like you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it, it was an original song. It came out in 1982, July. And uh, let's just listen to a little bit of it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Bring that. Wait. I bet you took a gun to school too. I get that lyric wrong every no, time. No, but you're you're mixing up the verses. Take a microphone. Na 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 na. To each their own. Yeah. I bring you to own my hand. That's good guitar. Good luck. And we need each other. Okay, 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 okay. We gotta love one okay. another. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. We need each other. Someone should take your microphone and someone should take your microphone and you. Someone should take your microphone and someone take your microphone. All right, I get it. I get it. I was get it. Again, dog? That was tricky. Come tricky. on, turn it off. Okay, okay, okay. I had no idea that that was a cover. <laughs> no idea that that was a cover from 1982. Way ahead of its time. I will penalize myself and not pick a song from outside the top ten. <laughs> you deserve a penalty. Because Simple Creed by Live needed to be heard. This is Bob's pick. It was... What in the 80s? Yeah, it was like 84, I think. It was number 84 out of 100. Almost about to fall out of the top 100, or maybe rising up the top 100 again. Not a lot of research, doesn't matter. (laughs) Here is Gloria. Oh, yeah. They didn't need that intro, by the way. Not at all. Stupid. Rocket ship taking that off? Was, that was left idiots. over from the 70s. You can feel it. That was stupid like disco. Stupid idiots yeah. with their stupid rocket ship taking off. See, they needed us as a producer. <laughs> You're always on the run now. Running after somebody. You gotta get him somehow. I think you got to slow down. Before you start to blow it. I think you So good. Beautiful song. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are in 1982 right now. Laura Branigan, the late Laura Branigan, sadly passed away back in 2004. American singer. This song, Bob, stayed on the Billboard Hot 100 charts for 36 weeks, then a record for a female artist. Wow. Peaking at number two. It also reached number one in Kleine's Australia and Canada. Canada always getting it right. Almost always. Almost always. The Nickelback thing is a stain. There's no doubt about it. But this is a perfect song. This is this is music done perfectly. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with this. I love everything about how this song sounds. Like I love her voice. I love the instrumentation. I like how it builds. It's it's hooky. It's I mean, great. it's of its time. It's completely of its time. But sometimes of its time is great. And in this case, it is. Do, you know, we talked about Bob on a recent show. The there was a song that was played uh, when Vancouver Canucks, I believe, scored a goal. 
Yes. And um, Gloria was played during the St. Louis Blues run to the Stanley Cup title uh, every time they scored a goal. They ripped out Gloria, ripped off Gloria. And, That's and fun. All those fucking people went nuts. That's fun. It's great when fucking people go nuts. It's a weird song to get excited about, but I guess you can do it. It says the song entered ice hockey lore as a, quote, unlikely championship anthem. That's fun. I like that. Yeah, hockey. Nice job by hockey there in a big spot. Stepping up hockey. All right. That was good. Laura Brannigan from Brewster, New York. I knew nothing about Laura Brannigan until you said four things about her just now. Uh, Didn't we go to on like a college tour to uh, Brewster? Where was the place where we stole the yearbook because there were hot girls in it? Was that Marist? That was a, what was it like a, um, I don't know. That was, that might've been Marist. It was like, it was a bunch of tables set up with colleges, right? New Paul's. Was it New Paul's? We did it. We went, we went to a bunch of those, uh, upstate New York. We were really taken by the women that they weren't women. They were girls at the time in the yearbook. And we said, we got to take this yearbook. Is that what happened? We were in like, it was some like cafeteria type setting where there were different tables set up and every table had like information about colleges or whatever. And we went to this one and for some reason they had a bunch of like high school yearbooks from this high school in Texas. Right. That's and right. We were going through it and all the girls were like blonde. And what if the, one of the girls was my wife? It probably is. Like you probably saw your wife in that my yearbook, wife, but we ended up pocketing a yearbook, but I, I don't think we meant to steal it, but we stole it. Oh, I would think we did. And I, but I'm also, I want to make it clear that I'm not saying that is what a badass moment. What a great high school Memory of how cool we were that we stole a yearbook because the, the girls were hot in it. Yeah. All right. There was no internet. We were just looking around. <laughs> we, we had never seen a girl from Texas before. It was very exciting. Yeah, that was definitely part of the hook. Okay. Let's get to it, Bob. The top 10 songs this week in 1982, about 38 years ago. How about that? It's too long. It's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. All right. Let's get going. All right, we'll start with a band called 38 Special, Caught Up in You. Here we go. with that course, baby. Great tune. Yes. Yeah. I just, just now, Bob, on my amazing iTunes setup through Apple Music, and I can't say enough about Apple Music and what a great job they do with their product. It's a scrappy upstart. Good I, for you guys. I have a um, playlist called A Better 80s Mix, which mm-hmm. is dedicated to hits of the 80s that are a little off that beaten track. You're not going to find Living on a Prayer or Don't Stop Believing mm-hmm. or Born in the USA. Right. The, the ones on that we've playlist. heard 10 million times. It's songs that you'll be familiar when you hear it. will be familiar when you hear it, but maybe you're, it's a welcome um, arrival in your eardrums. And Caught Up in You by 38 Special just made the list. Congratulations to them. Yes. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say they were already on there. No, they were not. So they had fallen through the cracks and no longer the case. 
Well, I'm just pulling up my uh, Spotify, the number one streaming okay, service okay. worldwide. And I, uh, I do have them on a playlist where I have uh, one song from different artists. And it's about 800 songs deep now, 800 artists deep. Are and you done? Song, I don't. I don't. This is one of them because info. guess what? This is a great song, and based on the first two songs we've heard on this podcast, 1982 was the pinnacle of music. <laughs> That's it. It's definitive. I would say 82. Like I said, we were who knew just babies. So some of this is going to be a bit of a blind spot, but also some of these songs were just so big that they stick around in the culture, and uh, that is a perfect way to describe the number nine song. Oh, in July. 1982. Normally, when you count down from 10, you start with 10, but we're just mixing it up now. Well, no, Caught Up in You was 10. 10. And now I'm segging oh, to 9. I wasn't done talking about that. I wanted to say... <laughs> you still talking about your Spotify playlist? I would like to get more into the Spotify playlist. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But did you know, Dan, lead singer uh, Donnie Van Zant, younger brother of Leonard Skinner founder, Ronnie Van Zant? Huh. So uh, there's some Southern good blood Rockers. in that Van Zant Southern Rock family. I, now, I know... Not to make light of the the plane crash that wiped out some of uh, Leonard Skinner, but they, before the 19 struck, were still touring in some fashion. I think a year ago they announced they were done, or they were close to done. Well, that's pretty that's pretty good timing, because I believe the backdrop of their concert was like a 100-yard-long Confederate, Confederate flag. flag yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah. about getting out at the right time. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Tom Petty got out at the right time. Leonard Skinner got out. They know. What, did Petty have a Confederate flag? Yeah, he's, he had some Confederate flag stuff back in the day, in the 80s. He had denounced it, though, when he was still yeah, alive. Yeah, why are you even bringing it up? I'm just saying. He, we love Tom. We even wanna, when he was we alive. We want to bury that shit. It's just, you know, things were different back then. I always claimed Tom is a Californian, though. I think he kind of saw that as he got older as well. Totally. All right. Uh, okay, that was a good a little final aside there, Bob. I did have a really nice setup. You did. Transition I wasn't listening to it. took from me. Yep. Um, but uh, if you do listen back to the show, you'll see what you fucking ruined. Breaking news. Don't give a fuck. Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Really one of the most famous of all 80s songs. And when you talk about the kind of synth rock explosion of the early 80s, this to me might be the first song that comes to mind. Oh, yeah, for sure. And this is a song that at some point in, I think, most people's lives, if you're a music fan, you find the song and you decide it's the best song for like a month and then you move on from it. Right. It's just like, oh, wow, this is it's really cool. It has like a different sound than so many other songs of the era. And then it kind of became the sound of the era. All right. So 
couple nugs here. This was the number one song in the UK in 1981. It's the biggest song in the UK. Uh, however, as we've mentioned multiple times now, uh, this was July 1982 that it was a top 10 hit in the United States. So there you go. That is the the legs of a, one of the great songs, and you still hear it all the time. However, Bob, did you know, second nug, that this was a cover? Of lives. <laughs> more all right fuck you soft cell <laughs> soft cell taking some fire some hard heat from the bobster this is great i love this who is this this is gloria jones an american artist who released this in 1964 uh b-side of her 1965 single my bad boy's coming home <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh the song flopped never did anything uh, they uh, re-released it as a single in 1976 because it the the uh, vibe of the song matched uh, what was popular in the 70s as well. Didn't work then, and then Soft Cell got wow. their hands on it and turned it on into one of the biggest hits of all time. Does this also have that like second half where it's like the baby, baby? That part. Know, that's a good question. Because that's what made that song great is that it just becomes a totally different song. Yes. Three minutes in. Totally. All right. There you go. I hope, you know, I hope Gloria Jones got a nice piece. Uh, but you know what I want to I want to I want to hope that. But um, the fact that she doesn't have a Wikipedia profile. Right. The fact that a lot of uh, soul singers in that era were taken advantage of. Yep. And uh, robbed of any ability to make money off their hits the fact that this wasn't a hit for her, i'm gonna say gloria probably got banged in a big spot that is up there for me now though for like a one of the biggest surprise covers because i never knew that hmm. what is uh what is like the top surprise cover for you it's oh, that's, that's, that's a big question i'll throw it out while you're thinking okay i remember when i found out hard to handle by the black crows was a cover i was i think still in college but that blew my mind because that was a black crow song yeah that's no, a it was, good one it's an otis redding song that's a good one I'm going to think about that. And think about that. To. All right. Let's keep moving. All right. To the biggest artist of all time, Bob. Up next. It's not very woke of you to say that. I mean, I like the message. 
I don't even know what the message is. I think Ebony and I, is it a, a song of peace between black people and white people? Yes. Paul well, that's Mc- good. Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Yeah, no kidding. It's good, Dan. Jeez, I didn't think I'd have to twist your arm on that one. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a so I'll give him that. It's a terrible song. I, I can't say I like the song, though. Message, nice. Okay. Song, not so nice. It only makes me think of the uh, that classic SNL skit with um, Eddie Murphy playing yes. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> And uh, Frank Sinatra, was Joe Piscopo playing Frank Sinatra? Piscopo, yes. Yeah. The only thing Joe Piscopo could do was yeah. play Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, doing the black and white song. This is this is terrible. Terrible. I love Paul McCartney, but he could really schmaltz it up yep. in a big spot, especially post-Beatles. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had another bad duet with Michael Jackson the same year. This is the year Thriller came out, about 82, later in the year. And the worst song on Thriller is a, a duet, isn't that? Is that the duet? Off is that Thriller? Off, is that off Thriller? I can see the video. I in thought my that head. song was Ebony and Ivory too. <laughs> it was. I think Paul McCartney just found every relevant black artist of the era and, and did a, a play off Ebony and Ivory. Which, in retrospect, totally racist of him to just kind of <laughs> keep doing and think we wouldn't notice. The girl is mine. Was yes, the, that's uh, right. That girl. No, that girl. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, this song's not good. But it was a huge hit. I'm going to give it fresh ears. One more chance. Here we go. Can't do it. You know, Stevie Wonder gets a lot of heat. Because he's one of the most celebrated artists, his his big albums. He put out a string of monster albums in the seventies that are both hugely popular and critically mm-hmm. unassailable. And then in the eighties, he put out a bunch of Schmalzi's eighties stuff. But I love those songs. Maybe it's because it was like a part of our youth. Those songs, like I just called to say, I, I was going to say, you. we were young, we were little kids, and I just called to say, I love you, is like a perfect song for a four year old. That song just makes me happy when I hear yes. that song. That makes sense. I'm in the same boat there. I'm going to play a little bit. We need something to feel good about, Bob. We've we deserve it. We deserve a little. I just called to say, I love you. Don't don't we? I feel like in this year of all years. We should treat ourselves. Look, and I know there are people out there listening that are like, no, you don't deserve it. Stick with the top 10. And uh, I'm sorry, but no, we're, we're, we're going to treat ourselves right we're now. Taking this. We're taking this moment. We're taking the W here. Stevie no W. Of course, Stevie. No flowers bloom. No wedding Saturday. <laughs> Just tell Stevie Wonder to get to the chorus. We get it, Stevie. Just get to what brings the people home.
You know, I thought about, um, I've been thinking about the cover. When I was, in 1992, I was pretty blown away that Dolly Parton wrote and recorded I Will Always Love You. Mm. When the Whitney Houston yeah. song was going absolutely nuts. But that's not that's my choice. One. My choice uh, for most surprising cover is Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Vega. What? Wait, no. That's impossible. Vega didn't write that banger. Don't tell me that. Sorry, bro. So wait, did he write all the other songs that sound exactly like that? <laughs> Lou Vega's career can be summed up by Mambo Number no. 5, but before Monica, Erica, Rita, Tina, Sandra, Mary, and Jessica, he needed a little bit of Cuban band leader Perez Prado, whose 1949 composition provided the skeleton. For big. Okay, at least he took the Okay, he made it something else. Put some flesh on it. He was like he was more like Puff Daddy than he was just ripping it off. Phew. Lou Vega Lou Vegas created Bonafides intact <laughs> in my mind. I would hate to have to throw out my Lou Vegas CDs. <laughs> All right, let's uh move on now, Stevie. That's nice. See, that took me back to being like that, six years old, yeah. Challenger exploding, and uh, yeah. you know, just being like, ah, it's a tough sitch there with the Challenger, but it's still nice to be a kid. Reminds me of my nanny Bubby. Oh. Yeah, it takes me back to the 80s. So you, your nanny, me, the challenger. <laughs> Covered. Is this a sitcom? This song has no chance of being good. Yeah, was this the Bosom Buddies theme song? Tom Hanks and the other guy? Yeah, it sounds like a TV theme song from the 80s. But I still don't hate it. I kind of hate it. It reached number seven on the top 100 charts that summer. It's a song of the summer candidate by Juice Newton. Is that her rap name? It's a great rap name. I wish Cam Newton went by Juice Newton. I feel like that would be a good uh, reinvention now that he's in New England. Yeah. Uh, off her album, Quiet Lies. Ooh, good album title. Good title. This song, just so you know, Bob, was written by Gary Burr. Have we been sleeping on Juice Newton this whole time? <laughs> Classic Burr composition. <laughs> the recording garnered Newton a Grammy nomination for Best Female Vocalist in the Pop category. Good for Juice. I put this right up there with Brian May's guitar solo on Bohemian Rhapsody. Many people do. Now, to be clear, though, it's her name is it's juice like what you drink, not like the people that run Hollywood, right? It's not. <laughs> no, no, it's Jews Newton. Jews Newton. Wow. <laughs> no wonder she was so successful. And that explains why Deshaun Jackson just is not a big fan of her work. Hates hates that song. Every time that plays, it comes on in the locker room, which happens all the time. He's like, turn that, Jews turn Newton off that off. Jews Newton. <laughs> and everybody's like, come on, man. It's juice. He's like, I know. You know my feelings on this. <laughs> you know my feeling on Newton. I'm Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> all right. Topical. I think we skirted getting in any real trouble right there. but right. Walking on the edge. All right, here we go. Let it whip up next from the Daz Band. D-A-Z-Z. Like it. D-A-Z-Z. What do we think about this countdown so far? 
But we it's a little enigmatic. We came out hot. We're hitting like a kind of a little rough spell here, but I don't know. It's gonna catch fire. I know after it's gonna catch song, fire. Yeah. Oh, this song. Ooh, I like it. You got a little funk, a little R and B here. It's nice. You might want to consider changing the name of your dad band to Jews Newton. <laughs> I would need to make sure that all the other uh, artists... You have to, yes. You have to find fellow of members a of the tribe. Faith. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know what, what stops you in that case. But from there out, it has to be. Oh, I love it. This is so great. In the 80s, people are big, like, trying to start expressions or crazes. Or dances. Yeah. It's time to do Let It Whip. Well, this is still, too, this is still on the heels of disco. Like, this is still riding high on that 70s disco. I'm all in on this one. I definitely um, was just thinking, I remember like when I was a child, I had a record player, like one of those little like Fisher yep. Price record players. The brown one, right? Yep. It was like that tan brown. Yep. Uh, like every kid had that. Had a little pile of records and uh, I didn't have this. I didn't have the Daz band, unfortunately, but this is just Jews reminded, no Jews, no Jews period. <laughs> but I did have a Disco Duck record which was like wow that's pretty vintage donald donald duck like doing disco and i remember listening to that on my little fisher price record player in my room (laughs) on quake lane that was my uh that was as far as i went with disco that was it that was it well i mean you had the bgs that was kind of on the periphery for us i mean there's no music i dislike more than disco and i know it's a little on the nose and cliche but I have no tolerance for that stuff. So we're coming on on uh, tomorrow is my 10-year wedding anniversary. How about that? How about that? And Congratulations, Bob. Thank you. We did it. Uh, I didn't think you'd make it 10 years. Nobody did. I didn't either, to be honest. But here we are. We, uh, but when I got married and I gave the DJ the list of the Do Not Play songs, it was all disco. <laughs> it was all like, don't play We Are Family. Don't play any of that corny celebration time like i hate that stuff so, yeah i'm with you totally so long story. i was furious because i did the same thing said the same exact thing to my dj and then he he betrayed me at my own wedding oh my god i was like vengeance on that guy fuck who the fuck do you, you think, think you, you are, are to, to play <laughs> we are family at my wedding no don't I ever do not, i do not want to hear staying alive at my wedding oh awful that guy deserves to be fucking killed here's disco duck by the way Did you say it was Donald Duck related? Because it's not. Oh, this wasn't Donald it was Duck? Disco Duck by Rick Dees. No IP. Is he doing Donald's voice? Went to a party the other night. All the ladies would treat me right. Is this supposed to be a funny song or a real song? Breaking news. Yeah. This wasn't the song. 
<laughs> Turns out it was something called Mickey Mouse Disco, which I assumed was just Disco Duck. <laughs> oh, Bob. Yeah, it was a Mickey Mouse. It was a uh, Mickey Mouse disco album released by Disneyland Records in 1979. That's what I'm All right, let's check that out. <laughs> Why the hell not? I'm glad I'm glad I learned that tonight though. I always thought I liked uh, Disco Duck as a kid. <laughs> I'm just picturing you listening to this over and over again <laughs> as a three-year-old. All right, I've heard enough. All right. Let's not get sidetracked here because we're in the middle of a really interesting countdown, Bob, in case you're just tuning in, which is not how podcasts work, really. We are halfway through July 1982 Top 100 Billboard chart. I like doing these countdowns, Bob. I really, really get to uh, mix things up and uh, and really hear from a lot of different artists and a lot of different styles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now as we get to the top five, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, the top five, we hit on a song that I hear very often in my home uh, because of my children's love of a certain iconic movie character. You're going to know who I'm talking about in one Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, man. when men were men. Listen to this all damn day. So yeah, of course, this is uh, the... I guess you could call it theme song of Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. Which one was Rocky Three? Rocky Three was the Clubber Lang Thunderlips Rocky. Right when Apollo trains Rocky to get back the Eye of the Tiger. It also famously has the Rocky Apollo beach frolic. Yes. That's what made me gay. Hugging in the surf. I wasn't gay until that moment. Of Southern California. I've been ever since. Rocky. Sylvester Stallone, a five foot six, 38-year-old Italian man, blowing away Apollo Creed, a former uh, professional athlete, you know, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Race. Very believable. Yes. 
Carl Weathers, who he is, so I'm a member of the uh, Directors Guild, and once a year there's a meeting where everybody has to go to it. It's required. Carl Weathers on the board yes. at the DGA. This dude is still, this dude can kick my ass with <laughs> without breaking a sweat in 2020. I love like, He's got to be close to 70 years old He now. is no joke. And he speaks with such like authority that everybody just shuts up when he starts talking. It's amazing. That's amazing. You take this home, throw in the pot, <laughs> add some broth, a potato. Baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> so not only was he a badass boxer in the Rocky movies, he went on to deliver two iconic comedic performances in Arrested Development, which you just yep. played, and Happy Gilmore. I mean, I mean his performance as uh, Chubbs and Happy Gilmore is as good as anything. I think no movie, I don't remember us as a duo laughing harder at any movie <laughs> than the first time we saw Happy Gilmore at my house with our friend Sam. Oh the, my God. Every The scene where he loses his hand, the uh, <laughs> endless love scene, we lost it. That movie fucking killed us. I still remember. Yeah, I, I remember exactly where we were in the living room of your old house on Quake Lane. Yep. And uh, really at that moment watching the movie and thinking, I've never seen a funnier movie yeah. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a hockey player, huh? Yeah. You're going to give that shit up. You're going to concentrate on golf. Who the hell are you? I'm the club pro here. Chubbs Peterson. And I'm offering to teach you how to play golf personally. For free. No. You have no idea who I am, do you? No, I don't. Back in 1965, Sports Illustrated said I was going to be the next Arnold Palmer. Yeah, what happened? They wouldn't let me play on the Pro Tour anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Because you're black? <laughs> Hell no. Damn alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God! Yeah. <laughs> Still funny. Still funny. You know what? I you can like uncut gems and Happy Gilmore. <laughs> That's course. allowed. All right, there you go. And we did talk about it on a previous show, so I won't go down that that alley. But I did always appreciate that Stallone, who lorded over the Rocky franchise as his baby mm-hmm. to this day, Survivor, probably a band of limited talent and skill. Stumbled upon. I mean, that's disrespectful, but you know they're not <laughs> they the Beatles. Did, what What did Survivor do to deserve that? <laughs> I don't know. That? They didn't deserve that, but wow. they're not the Beatles. But Stallone said, "Oh, we got. We can get another hit out of these guys." So yeah. he, they had him write a Cold War song um, to, for Rocky Four a couple of years later. That to me, in some ways, is superior to Eye of the Tiger. But and, and that's when you know you we've been doing, that's yourself. when you know we've been doing this podcast for too long. When there's a second reference to this Cold War Rocky song. In the 110 episodes we've done. That's true. All right, number four. It's Asia time. I never meant to be so bad to you. One thing I said that I would never do. A look from you and I would fall from grace. And that would wipe the smile right from my face. Fucking love this song. What's not to love? Is is there a giant Asia uh, poster in the Steve Carell's 
apartment in 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's funny, I was just thinking, what movies has this been in? 40-Year-Old Virgin was the first one that popped in my head. Asia, heat of the moment. Yeah, I believe he had a gigantic Asia poster, which is such a like brilliant bit of like character development. Because if you're a huge Asia fan to the point that you have a eight foot poster, you're definitely a forty year old virgin. <laughs> it shows that you're not connecting with the things that everybody else is really connecting with in the world. Like everybody liked this song, but who really gave a shit about Asia besides Steve Carell? Um, I hope we're right about that. But I feel like we are. I think we are. I feel like we are. All right. Hold on. I'm sending you an editing note if you uh, care to take it, Bob. Nope. Um, all right. So, Asia, Heat of the Moment. What's the song about? Fucking? It's, uh, by the way, Asia is a progressive rock super group. Ooh, they, it's a super. I love super groups. They were kind of like, yes, right? I don't know who the fuck they were. Let me do some research in real time. <laughs> Let's right learn here. about Asia in All real. Right. Who was Asia? Asia was definitely a band that didn't know there'd be a thing called Google someday. John Welton of King, King Crimson and UK. Steve Howe, the guitarist, was from Yes. Uh, the keyboardist Gary Jeff Downs was from the Buggles, mm. and the drummer was Carl Palmer of Emerson Lake and Palmer. That's a that's a supergroup. What's the best supergroup? Traveling Wilburys. Well, Asia. And then the Traveling Wilburys, clearly. What was the um, hair metal supergroup? There was like a hair yeah. metal supergroup that had a couple of bangers. The Bens? The Bens. Ben Folds, Ben Queller, Ben Lee. Oh, Is that what you're thinking of? Not so supergroup. Come on. All right. It's good. I would love to go see this in a stadium in 1983 like just be I there feel like this would shred in a stadium just like being yeah. surrounded by a bunch of people with the same mustache as me and the same hair with like cut off t-shirts short shorts socks pulled up to my fucking knees so fucking high so high <laughs> off drinking Budweiser Bud Heavies in the parking lot with my like mesh hat on oh my god I would be having so much fun this is a great Wikipedia page there's a whole Wikipedia page about supergroups. And the supergroup I'm thinking of is the damn Yankees. Okay. That's right. Um, uh, but some of these surprise, like Temple of the Dog is a great supergroup. Mm-hmm. Chris Cornell and then the Pearl Jam guys. Pig Face, remember them? No. Neither do I. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else was a top? Oh, there was that, uh, the River, Mad River, Mad Season. They were another grungy supergroup. Wasn't Mike and the Mechanics a supergroup? Yes, because it was uh, Mike and, and the other guys. Mr. Big was a supergroup? Come on. Now the we're really. What going on here? We're really stretching the <laughs> definition of supergroup. Okay, yes. Mike and the Mechanics was a supergroup. It had Genesis, uh-huh. uh, Roxy Music, Squeeze. That's all you need. If you, ha- if you have, I guess you just need like two. But three, to be a true supergroup, you, you need three. three. Yeah, right. otherwise it's just like a vanity project. All right, you ready for the top three? I hope so. All right, here we go. The number three song, this 
week in 1982. It's Cougar time. It's fucking Cougar time, Bobby! Damn. Get your butts out of the seats. Come on, all you baby boomers. Let's rock! Four more years. Four more if John Mellencamp is super, super liberal or super, super conservative. He's one or the other. Mellencamp is liberal. Cougar Mellencamp, hardcore conservative. He is. He's an extremist. <laughs> he's cute. I'm curious your feelings on Johnny Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp, Michelle and Deggio Cello, whatever name you have for him. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Mellencamp? I like that joke. Um, I don't, I, I can't. Like, I, I was enjoying that. I think I could enjoy it in those little spurts. But I, I've made an effort over the last decade or so, every so often, to be like, let me see if I can do this. Like, I, I should like him. To a certain degree. Right. But I don't know. There's just something about him. He's not like Brian Adams offensive, but he's not far off. Maybe it's all the car commercials. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I will say this, though. So I. In the late 90s, I did a, a I think it was kind of brought on by just being the right age. I was in my I was about 19 at the time and also um becoming more curious about music and a lot of music from the past. So I got into the Beatles and the mm-hmm. Stones and Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen. And also this was around the time of a, um, what was the, that stupid ripoff? I always ask you this and then you tell me uh, where you get like 12 CDs for three cents. Then you pay a hundred dollars six months later. Not telling you this time. Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> what is it? I'm going to have to look it up if you don't tell me. Columbia House. Columbia House. Yes. Anyway, I got the John Mellencamp. Greatest hit CD. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you what, Bob. First of all, a lot to break down here. Since we're never going to get an episode of John Mellencamp on the Throwback Podcast, I want to say right off the bat, I love the name of it. The Best That I Could Do. <laughs> all right. 1978 like to 1988. Surprisingly self-deprecating for a guy who definitely has a massive ego. So. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you a couple more things. Listen to this Greatest Hits. This is what a Greatest Hits album should be. It starts out with two 70s hits that we might not be as familiar with. I Need a Lover and Ain't Even Done with a Night. Well, I, need I, won't a, even, I Need a Lover's Good. Yeah, that's a great song. It's a great intro. It's, it starts with like a two-minute instrumental, and then it just kind of ramps up. Good song. But then listen to this. We, track three, Hurts So Good. We just listened to it. Mm-hmm. Undeniable 80s hit, Heartland Rock. Track four. Come on now. That's America. Jack it's America, Diane. but I, I never need to hear it again. Right. It's America. That, that, see, this is a Brian Adams song to me. Oh, this is where it. it's like, it's summer of 69. I know it's America or Canada. No offense. Um, but it's... Offense taken. It's, it's enough. I All don't right, need okay. to ever hear it again. I understand. I understand, but Brian Adams sucks, and I, I take offense to that on some level as an American. Here's Crumbling Down, next track, track five. Remember this one? Yeah. 
It's pretty good. Okay. And then, of course, I think his best song, Pink Houses. Yep, I agree. Still listen to Pink Houses. I agree this is his best song. All right. Authority song, track seven. Yeah. (laughs) A little too footloosey for me, but yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Track nine, track eight, Lonely All Night. I mean, this guy, yeah, he had so many hits. Yeah. And then one of my favorite songs of his, Small Town. Yeah. Come on, bro. Again, I don't. Undeniable. Listen to this. Like he was going hit for hit with Springsteen at this era. That's awesome. So, so say it. What's that? Say it. Say. I like John Mellencamp. There you go. I like him. No, one step higher than that, though. I am a. John Mellencamp fan? Yeah. How does it feel? Doesn't feel too good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not done yet. The next track. (laughs) Oh, my God. Your face was so real. (laughs) R-O-C-K in the USA, parentheses, a salute to 60s rock. Oh, that was great. I don't like this song. That was great. All right. That made made this whole left turn into (laughs) Mellencamp worth it. (laughs) I'm not even done yet, Bob. How about this one? All right. So everybody knows R-O-C-K in the USA. Parenthetical, a salute, a salute to 60s rock. Close parenthetical. Stop it. That's the real name of the song. How about this one? Here comes the harmonica. Uh, little paper and fire. I get it. I get it. The guy wrote a lot of big hits. Now, he did. He also did a nice job with the greatest hits because 78 to 88, the best he could do. Like that. I like that. And then the only other thing he did was the Michelle and Diggio Chilla song. Wild Nights, which was a cover. Cover, Van Morrison. And then uh, the uh, the Dodge truck commercial. So many of them. <laughs> so many of those. All right. Let's get back on track here. Anyway, yes, I guess I I guess. I don't know. So what, what does that mean for you? Do you I get, don't know what do it you, means. Do you get a poster? Do you? I don't know what do it you, means. Next time he's in town, do you get a little alert on your on your phone? And you're like, oh. Got to get to the Hollywood Bowl. He's in his 60s now, and he was on Stern a couple of years back, and he was smoking the whole interview. Mm. And then he defiantly told Stern that he still smokes like three packs a day. Oh, my God. It's like, bro, do you, there is research out there that suggests. He's never going to die. Here's another thing that's never going to die. Toto. Mm. The number two song in July, 1982. And you may not like all those songs, Bob, but I just went track one through ten. That's the best he could do, and that was plenty good enough. It's impressive. Look, it's cool. I'm not, I mean, I am judging you for being a fan, but I don't not understand it. Why don't people like him, though? Like, why doesn't he have the same fan base as Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty? I mean, this, the songs aren't as good, but wouldn't mm. you think, are there huge John Mellencamp fans out there? Oh, there has to be, but they're all old. Have you ever met one? No, but they're probably all 64 years old. 64 to 74. Let's not let John Mellencamp ruin the song. Meet you far away. 
Remember the MTV promotion where you could win John Mellencamp's Pink House? <laughs> I do remember that, actually. That was so dumb. Probably wasn't his house. Definitely wasn't his house. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you cougar heads have got to get your heads out of your ass. Maybe that's why people didn't really follow him. The name changes? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Who are you, Prince? Come on. The record label is our, as a major John Mellencamp fan, I, I can tell you that they try to make him Johnny Cougar. Yeah. And then he's like, fuck that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. So they're like, all right, all right. We need Cougar no matter what. So now you're John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> he's like, And oh. he's like, uh. And then he wrote a couple hits and he was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm Johnny Mellencamp in a big spot. All right, Rosanna, you know what? I thought I liked this song better. Oh, it's a great song. It's great yacht rock. Great yacht rock. This part right here. But this is the payoff for an otherwise kind of mass song to me. Unless you're into Rosanna, Rosanna, which is fine. What if you're into Rosanna Arquette? Then it makes it all worth it. Oh, I was. Me too. Oh, my goodness. What an 80s babe. And she was the best type of um, Hollywood babe where some people would not be into it. But mm-hmm. then the fact that you were into it showed that you had just better taste in general mm-hmm. in what a, what a hot chick is. Yeah, like, she was like under the radar. Under the radar never should have been. Oh, she was great. I'm just thinking about Desperately Seeking Susan right now. The, uh, the Madonna movie? Need some privacy. Yeah. Who's that girl? All right. The, what, the Toto song that everyone knows is the one the uh, covered by Weezer, right? Even more. Is that Toto? Yeah. Africa. Africa. Is that Toto? Mm-hmm. Wasn't white guys in Toto, right? Yeah. Singing Africa? Yeah. That was back when everybody was singing about Africa. People were fascinated back in the 80s in a big spot yeah. about Africa. Big into Africa and Ethiopia. A lot of Ethiopia talk. All right. <clears throat> Do you have anything to add on Ethiopia? Ethiopia? No, I was, thinking about, I was just thinking about After Hours, the uh, Scorsese movie with Rosanna Arquette. Absolute comet. <laughs> and I guess it's a bummer she didn't really translate into the 90s as much, but she did play Eric Stoltz's uh, girlfriend yes. in Pulp Fiction, yes. which is a nice that was role. Cool. Yeah. Who's the girl with all the shit in her face? It's my wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> he would have made a great Marty McFly. Come on. He would have. He would have. Sliding doors, man. All right, here we go. The number one song in 1982, July, is one of the definitive to me 80s songs. What a great number one hit. Here we go. Oh, get the fuck oh, out of wow. here with this. Fuck you with this greatness. Oh, yeah. I'm like mad at the song. I love it so much. You were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. When I met you, you know what somebody needs to explain to me? This idea of the Christmas number one in the UK. And we have UK <laughs> listeners. Yeah. I read about this all the time. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand what it means. Does that just mean it was the number one song on, on Christmas? I think. Think, is that all that I, it is? I think. I think it was a song that was released specifically to be number one on Christmas. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think too. Don't, don't you want me? 
all-time great 80s song, up there with the soft sell song as being the most 80s sounding song on this soundtrack, and an all-time karaoke song. Because if you're at a, a, a karaoke bar in the Lower East Side or wherever in Manhattan, this is the one you could go up on the stage with a girl. This is the duet, yeah. Because you got Susan Ann Sully handling the duet here. Killer. And you also get to pick this kind of kitschy 80s song. Yep. And all of a sudden she's like, wow, he's kind of funny you don't and smart. Ha- you don't have to be a good singer. Right. It's dark in here. I can't really see what he looks like. Yep. And we're listening on our headphones. Are you noticing the stereo on this, Bob? Oh, yeah. They're, kinda, they're having some fun here. Awesome. The Human League. Interesting name. Because in the U.S., people make a big deal about what is the song of the summer. Right. And that's always been an unofficial song that's chosen or is remembered because yeah. there's no like chart designation that decides that. Not it's, that I know of. It's just kind of a feeling. Which one and which one has kind of been dominating all summer long. Like it's right. summer's a long period of time. But so. if you are a listener to the show and you're not um, from the U.S., know that we don't do any fucking Christmas so- song of Christmas here. No. And when you're done explaining that to us, explain Eurovision. I mean, I saw the movie. Oh. I enjoyed the movie more than Dan did. But I, I didn't like it that much, but I wasn't expecting much either. Made me laugh. Thought it was fun. But the concept behind it, like I get what they were making fun of and I was able to follow it because I'm not stupid. But uh, Dan, but um, it was way too complex for me. <laughs> it was like, uh, what's the movie but, where everything is upside down? <laughs> Inception. Inception. But is that really a thing that people care about? Like that was the big thing I had to wrap my head around was like, is that really a thing that people talk about, care about, etc.? So anytime you guys want to reach out and let us know about that, that'd be helpful, too. OK. In November 1983, Rolling Stone named Don't You Want Me as the breakthrough song of the second British invasion of the U.S. In 2015, the song was voted by the British public. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Please let it be as the song they want to be buried to. Please let it be as the song they want to be buried to. The nation's seventh favorite 1980s number one in a poll for ITV. All right. All right. You guys love doing polls over there, I guess. All sorts of polls. polls. All right. There you go, Bob. That is the top 10 hits. 1982. That was fun. That was good. good, So many good songs. I enjoyed it. And I will say throughout the entire episode, Dan, at the end of every episode, we get to put one song on our throwback podcast playlist. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever gone from one song to another, not knowing what it's going to be like we have tonight. There have been five or six songs where I thought, oh, this is definitely going to be the one that we go with. And to be honest, I don't know where we're going to land. Juice Newton. Well, we don't want to offend the people who are, who would get upset by including Jews on the playlist. Or maybe we do because we don't want those people here anyway. I don't know. Let's see. You took an interesting stance on that. All right. So I obviously support Jews Newton. For I've suggested it. So I'm covered. <laughs> covered. Yeah, no, you're in the clear now. Phew. All right. Let's pick it. I'm excited. Me too. You know, I, I'm going to say, Bob, I this has never happened before. 
that I remember, although I'm sure it probably has because I have no memory of any podcast nope. uh, we do here uh, after we stop talking out of our mouth holes. But I, if I had to throw out a vote, Bob, I would go with the number one song. I would wow. say the Human League, do, Don't You Want Me, but uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. No, I, I kind of felt that in the moment you were you were feeling it. I'm glad as a self-admitted, as of tonight, John Cougar fan, that you're not pushing for Hurt Johnny So Cougar. Good. I didn't see that one. Johnny making. Cougar. But I saw a world where Heat of the Moment hmm. or Caught Up in You by 38 Special. Oh, see, now you're getting cute, though. That's cute. You're but getting it, a little cute. It's cute, but it's great. It's great. It's great. Um but are we picking the best song or the one that will kind of look flashy on the playlist? Do we, I mean, do you really think at this point in this, <laughs> in this experiment, we care what people think? <laughs> Why start now? Why start now? Uh, I, I'll be down with that. You want to get a little cute here? Or no, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there because Don't You Want Me is also a great pick. Have we heard it 10 million times? We have. I don't know if this helps or hurt Bob, hurts Bob, but Caught Up in You by 38 Special was also on the Body by Jake soundtrack. Remember that? Helps it. That, uh, <laughs> that big galoot that had the yeah. workout videos? Workout so, tapes? I mean, that's most of the music I like. I go to him for inspiration. So, All right. Do you want to go with that? I don't know. Because I don't know. Cause Gloria's don't, great. Gloria's great, but it wasn't technically in the top 10. We could find that loophole. It's true. We don't do that. Caught up in you. I like taint, Tainted Love. Only, only if we did the longer version, though, that had to do, do, do. Heat of the moment. Eh. No. So, uh, all right, you pick. Don't you want me or caught up in you? You pick. Let's do don't you want me. Let's do it. Nice. Awesome. Brandon Flowers is nodding his head. Yep. Julian Casablancas just said, you guys are okay. You guys are okay. Bob, you can unfuck yourself. Yes, I unfucked myself. I can't wait to go see Chris Kattan in Indiana. (laughs) All right. uh, Yes, again. Patreon.com slash throwback pod if you want to support the show. Um, even a little helps a lot. You could uh, give as little as $2 a month uh, to show your support for our show. Or you could continue to listen to it for free. Uh, but we only ask if you do that uh, to head over to iTunes. Not Spotify, Bob, for the record. You head over to iTunes, the home home base of the throwback podcast, to leave five stars and a review yeah. of our podcast because that makes a difference in their uh, metrics tracking and it makes the show more successful and us happier. It does. And we're overdue to read a couple of those. So go leave us a five-star review and we will potentially read yours on a future episode of the throwback pod. Excellent. Anything else, Bob? Uh, follow us on Twitter at throwback pod, Instagram at the throwback pod. And uh, that's all I got, Dan. Awesome. All right. Till next week or two weeks. Two weeks from now. Go fuck yourself. Boom. Boom.